Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 at Edmonton, 1234 Pacific. The Oilers wrap up their three-game on California road trip. The second one in the month of February. They went 0-3 last time. They're 2-0 this time uh, tonight uh, in San Jose against the Sharks. We will tell you that portions of Oilers Now brought to you by World Floor Coverings. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. Receive two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases. World Floor Coverings, where they know a little about hockey and a lot about flooring. Pleased to be joined uh, on the line by a guy who, uh, I almost say this unfortunately, uh, fortunately for him, but unfortunately for Oilers fans, won a Stanley Cup back in 2006 with the Carolina Hurricanes. He was one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL throughout the uh, late 1990s, well into the 2000s. Sharks TV analyst, Brett Hennigan. Brett, how you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. Do you think you can play today with the way the game has changed? <laughs> Because you could, you could uh, always skate. Well, I, I, I couldn't skate. I, I, you know, you think you can as a pro athlete, that you think you can play forever, but the reality is that, you know, 47 years old, no, I can't. But um, I love the way the game has changed in some ways, you know, uh, with the speed of the game has just gotten uh, so much better and, and something that, for me, uh, to see the guys like Connor McDavid's of the world come into the NHL, um, and the way they can skate and the pace and the way they can handle the puck at that, at that level has been, uh, been a lot of fun to watch. What's it like being the second-best skater in your family? <laughs> I'm actually the third because my daughter now, Emma, uh, she's a figure skater as well, and obviously Christy uh, gold medal. But, um, yeah, I'm now third, and maybe even my, my older daughter who doesn't skate, she's probably even better than me, so I'm probably fourth, fourth best in my house. Uh, for those listeners that don't know, uh, Brett is married to Christy Yamaguchi, who was a uh, fantastic uh, uh, figure skater, won the gold medals in the, I believe, was it Albertville in 1992? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm thinking that was the year. That was the year. You're correct. Yep. I was, uh, yeah, we had actually met there in 92 at the Olympics. Uh, I was on the hockey team as well and met her at the opening ceremonies of all things. But, uh, yeah, gold medal is not a bad Olympic Games for, for Christy. Well, she won a couple of world titles too, right around that time, right? Like she kind of preceded. Uh, well, I guess she would have <laughs> preceded Carrie Hardy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, she's got a tie to Edmonton. You know, she spent you know four years prior to after leaving high school to train up in Edmonton. You know, up there with uh, her coach Christy Ness, who at the time uh, married a doctor from the Edmonton area. And uh, uh, but yeah, absolutely, she has a, a strong tie to Edmonton, and really to this day, she still talks about Edmonton a lot. All right, you ready for six degrees of separation here? Okay. So I used to I used to work with a fellow named Norm Proft, who's still involved in Canadian figure skating to this day. He was ranked third in Canada, and the top two skaters at that time were Kurt Browning and Michael Slipchuk. So you probably I don't know if you would have met those guys along the way, but they skated out of the Royal Glenara as well, right around the time that Christie uh, was there. And uh, you, you know what? It, those guys they. They partied like rock stars. Like they and and Kurt was a rock star in male figure skating because he was the first guy to land the quad. And so all I can tell you is that uh, 
if if you rolled with those guys and they were at university with me at that time as well, uh, and I used like I said I used to work with them. They were a fun group of guys to hang out with, and uh, they could put any hockey player to shame. They they could <laughs> they knew how to live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, those, uh, well, Kurt Browning, I'll tell you, one of the most fun skaters I've ever seen skate, and, you know, he is, he is a guy that could probably still compete at the high level because of how talented he is. But, uh, but we got a pretty good game here tonight, don't we, with the Oilers? Yeah, let's first focus. <laughs> right. uh, tell us about the, you know, what are we hoping uh, to, to, you know, what's, give me the perspective as to, and I don't think the, you know, I got to tell you, but I, I think the Sharks didn't give up that, that much because it's not a guaranteed number one for Evander Kane. But why does Evander Kane make sense from San Jose's perspective? Well, if you look at this team and you just look on on the paper, they're not very physical. I mean, and and I know the Oilers have taken you know liberties through the years on the Sharks and the way they've played, but the, the thing that the power play. Um, has been lethal over the last you know t- decade, if you will, from the Sharks, and even this year, for the most part, other than the last ten games where they can't they can't score a goal, you know, and you're starting to see the effects of losing a guy like Joe Thornton and what he can do on the power play. But uh, what does Evander Kane bring? He brings speed, first of all. He has the ability to score goals. He's a big body. I'm not, you see him off, you know, without his equipment. You're like, this kid is put together. Um, I think the other thing that he really needs to add which you know, isn't going to be a stretch of his game, is that abrasiveness, this physicality, his ability to be a grittier player in this lineup to which they need. Uh, so I think all of those things, if he can do those things, score some goals, play with an edge, which he does, and, and be that guy that can add some pace to our forward lines, I think it's a home run. Um, I know he's got a lot of ties to the coaching staff, Every one of the coaches he's either played for at some point or another, from Pete DeBoer all the way down to, you know, Dave Barr and Steve Spott and Johan Hedberg, even the goalie coach. He played with him in Atlanta. Uh, so there's a real great connection there. And then obviously playing with Pavelski tonight to where he played in Minx uh, last or during that lockout in the KHL together with Pavelski. So there's uh, a lot of connections that really has given him the ability to walk in that locker room and feel pretty comfortable from, from day one. Bottom line, is he replacing Patrick Marlowe in many ways? Yeah, I mean, you could absolutely, you know, bridge that gap between where Patrick Marlowe now has left and the speed and the ability to, you know, bury the puck when he has an opportunity in the course of a game. Um, I think what he does bring is a lot more of that grittiness to his game. Not saying Marlowe's not. I mean, Marlowe you know, continues to put up great numbers. and uh, But I think Kane brings that a little bit more sandpaper to his game, which I think you're right. He is replacing a guy like Marlowe to some degree. We're joined by Brent Hedekin. He works on the Sharks uh, television broadcast. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Uh, Joe Pavelski, I mean, this is a guy that over the last four years, 29, 38, 37, 41 goals, a little bit down goal-wise, 33 years of age. Is, has it been a funk? What, what, what exactly do you think it's been? As far as his um, last is, is, year, is, yeah, like, he's still getting the points, but maybe not quite the goals as in past years. Yeah, twenty nine goals last year, I believe. He's got fifteen on the year so far. Um, you know, I think you know for him, he lost maybe a half a step to you know for his skating ability. That probably couldn't afford to lose a half step. But if you watch him over the course of a game, he finds ways of adding offense by putting himself into places where other players either skate by those places or are not in there when that puck arrives. He has the ability 
to find those areas. He's won at every level, from high school to college to, to junior to, you know, the only place he hasn't won now is played in the Stanley Cup final. He hasn't won a Cup final, but he's been a captain of every one of those teams he played on and has been a winner everywhere he's ever been. So he has that ability to just be one of those types of guys that just knows how to play the game. Um, I think the biggest thing why his lack of production maybe this year is just a little bit of the skating um, has caught up. And I know he battled some injuries early in the year, and now his production has picked up now that he's gotten healthy. Brett, the Oilers, uh, one of the things they have to do better is hit on late picks. And I look at LeBanc, and I just shake my head. I mean, there's a guy that's a very useful player. 2014 draft, he's only 22. Uh, he's a pretty useful top nine forward, isn't he? He, you know what? I'm, I'm telling you what. The, the reason why the Sharks are right now sitting in a playoff spot is because of their young, you know, forwards up front. Particularly a guy like LeBanc, who you know had stretches during the course of the year where he's still learning how to play the NHL game, and his body is adapting to playing this rigors of the NHL. Like he he might disappear for a couple games, but that's normal for a kid. That's you know, again, his body's changing to try to adapt. But Timo Meyer, a player for me that has come so far. Chris Tierney uh, has come a long way as well. Melker Carlson, Jonas Donskoy, a couple of these guys are, are kind of dry right now with regard to goals. But, again, the reason why they have come so far after losing a guy like Marlowe is because of the, you know, the growth of some of their young players, really starting with LeBanc and Timo Meyer, have just come so far and have been a lot of fun to watch this year uh, with the progression of their game. It's interesting. Uh, Brent Hedekin joining us. He's a uh, two-time Olympian. Of course, won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes. Hockey analyst for the Sharks on KFOX and NBCSN. You look at the San Jose and it, and the Oilers and the contrast. The Oilers are actually a plus team. Five on five, four on four, three on three. They're actually plus. Okay, but they're over minus thirty in terms of power play goals uh, scored versus given up. Conversely, the Sharks are minus 20 at even strength, uh, but they're plus 16 on special teams. Kind of tells you a lot, doesn't it? Well, it really does. And, you know, you look at the Oilers and, you know, even talking to, to Tom McClellan this year, maybe he said we maybe overachieved a little bit last year. Um, and, and we've obviously underachieved this year. Maybe we're somewhere in between. Um, you know, he knows that, you know, talking to him as well, knowing that every game now is about improving. For his group, but you're right. I mean, you guys what lost nine games this year by one goal. Um, you just take some of those points and you add them towards that win column, and boy, you're you're right there knocking on the door. So this is the NHL today. It's razor thin. Injuries, losing a player here and there, getting off to the slow start to which the Oilers did. Uh, you, I guess, as a group, learned a lesson that you can't get off of that slow start because the ground is so hard to catch back or grab back, if you will, um, as the season progresses. So um, I think that was the biggest thing I asked, you know, Jim, jo- Jim Johnson today and, and Todd is, you know, what did you learn from this year? And I think, uh, I, I, you know, talking to Jim Johnson, you guys' assistant coach, saying you learned to just be a guy that can communicate with his players. I know you guys have been through a lot. This year, obviously, with Adam Larson, with his father, and um, I know Jim Johnson and his father is battling cancer now, too. He, he knows how important relationships are within a, within a group. And um, I think sometimes losing years or years that you have some struggles can make you grow. And I think the Oilers are one of those teams that, i tell you what, this team is so good, and the way they uh, have grown from this season, well, they'll be dangerous in the future. 
Uh, one final question for you, Brett. I'm, I'm just looking at Aaron Dell and Martin Jones, and Jones is the number one guy he's signed long-term. Do you think Aaron Dell can be a number one goalie? I think he can. I really do. I think he's a guy that, um, you know, the way he plays positionally, he's a big body, so he's can he can weather, you know, a, a lot of games in a row. He's not a real lean, uh, skinny guy, if you will, and he, but he's not out of shape either. I'd say he's he's put put together just fine for for a goaltender. And uh, but I like the way he plays positionally, um, and I think he has the ability to to be a number one guy. Appreciate your time, uh, and we'll see you tonight at the game. Thanks very much. Yeah, look forward to it, Bob. Good talking to you. You bet. That is Brett Hedekin, uh, who, of course, is the Sharks television analyst, won a cup with the Carolina Hurricanes back in 2006, spent a number of years with the Vancouver Canucks as well. 146 in Edmonton. Uh, we have Pontus Aberg in conversation with Jack Michaels, and we'll hear from Todd McClellan as well. Uh, their availability done, and uh, still becoming orders now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. It has been 48 plus years for Royal Pizza, where the Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Visit royalpizza.ca for a chance to win today. Royal Pizza, where everything is real. Jam-packed show. We've heard from uh, Peter Shirelli, Mark Spector. A reminder on Tuesdays, Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. We heard from Bruce Garriock as well as Brett Hennigan. To Stoffer Trivia for Mr. Lube. Winter driving begins at Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance. Yesterday, the Edmonton Oilers made a trade with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they acquired prospect J.D. Dudek. He plays at Boston College. Name the other two Oilers prospects at 780-496-0063 that are currently attending and playing for Boston College. Up for grabs a $50 gift certificate from Mr. Lube. Off to uh, some comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan from his availability about 40 minutes ago. Taught by the rushes, uh, Ryan Strome, Puyarvi, and uh, the new guy, Aberg, were together. That combination of the confidence you get with Strome, the skill on both wings, and the pace that Aberg plays with, what, what are you expecting to see out of them? Well, I, I think you answered the, the question there um, yourself. They, they're skilled. Um, Jesse's got to evolve and, and continue to play. Stromer's playing with some confidence, and uh, Pontus, we've got to figure out a little bit where he'll fit in and where we can get the best out of him. But got to start at, uh, at some point. Uh, we like the way our lines have played over the last few games, so we'll continue to keep them as much similar as possible. And um, as we go forward, we want to see everybody improve, not just uh, that new line or the new players. Everybody's got to move the needle the right direction. What do you kind of attempt to do with him, just sort of coming in, just to make him as comfortable as, as possible, and just sort of pick up on his game and his tendencies as he fits into your system? Absolutely. It's, um, you know, when you think about... 
that player. He's, he's a quiet individual to begin with, and it's not often you get traded when you're in Sweden. Um, he came over here. He's only been involved in one organization, that being Nashville. So this is a, a bit of a shock for him. And, and uh, to land late yesterday and, and get acclimatized with a new team it isn't an easy thing to do, especially for a European player. So we want to make him comfortable. We're not going to uh, uh, stress him out with systems or anything like that. Let him play. Um, try and get him confident and then work with him as, as we go forward. Cassian was not on the ice. Russell was. Do you have an update on those two? Uh, Cassian won't play. Russell has a chance. Talk about Patty, what he brought to the table. Well, I think anybody that watched him, he had uh, he had the ability to play with upper-end players and uh, some nice hands, a good sense of when to hit holes for, uh, for skilled players. He's done that throughout his whole career. When he was in uh, Anaheim, he did that for Getzlav and Perry at times, and he's done it here. Um, you know, and he's able to use his size and physicality to be an effective player. And New Jersey got a good one, and uh, I'm sure he'll help their hockey club. Is there an immediate sort of calm after deadline day? For everyone, kind of knowing the situation will be the rest of the way. I think there is. Um, you know, there's a lot of nervous players, not just on our team, but on all 31 teams in the league. Uh, there's coaching staffs that, that that are planning, but don't really know what pieces will remain or come in. And uh, once that day goes by, I think everybody takes a breath, and and now we realize uh, who we are and what we are. And uh, as I said earlier, it's important that our group moves the needle the right direction. If we uh, you know, and it won't be easy. There will be some nights where it doesn't go well for us, but if we're continually uh, stumbling and the needle falls, then we've got more work to do, um, especially in the fall. So uh, that's a goal of ours right now is to, uh, to improve nightly, and you can do that individually, collectively, as a team. That is Tom McCall, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Oilers in action tonight against the San Jose Sharks. To this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Offering great deals in February and March and all-inclusive package tours to the Riviera Maya for $12.95 and Puerto Vallarta for $12.07. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. February 27, 2007. The Edmonton Oilers trade Ryan Smith to the New York Islanders for Robert Nielsen, Ryan Amar, and a first-round draft choice. Turned out to be Alex Plant. All uh, Nielsen, Omar, and that first-round pick all were 15th overall selections. Smith did not re-sign with the New York Islanders. So here we are 10 years later, and you can see the return very different. Teams not giving up near as much. Um... And at that time, there was some belief that Nielsen and O'Mara were pretty good. Oh, well, Robert Nielsen had a 40-point season in the NHL a couple of years later for the Evans and Oilers. Uh, the first-round pick, Alex Plott had foot issues. I mean, he had the foot speed of Jim Weimer, which was a concern. Uh, I think the Oilers thought he was going to be better offensive defenseman than he panned out to be. He was actually more competitive than I thought he was going to be, but uh, never really uh, progressed at the NHL level. And Ryan Smith played less than 25 games for the New York Islanders. But that was a very emotional day in Edmonton, February 27, 2007. Anyhow, uh, there might be some similarities at times between Maroon and Smith a bit, in my opinion. The Steelers 
Sports History brought to you by New West Travel. We've got a spectacular travel deals in February and March. One week all inclusive package tours to Punta Cana for fourteen thirty and Cuba for twelve sixty five. Call a friendly staff at New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Coming up tonight, uh Reed Wilkins will have inside sports from six to uh, what time does the game start, anyways? Like, is it eight or eight thirty Edmonton time, Brendan? Eight thirty, so a seven o'clock uh, face-off show. So six to seven will be inside sports. Seven to eight thirty, Jack Michaels will have interviews uh, with Connor McDavid as well as Pontus Aberg. I'll be joining Reed. We'll have Rob Brown on the show as well uh, tomorrow. Brendan will be hosting the show. I'll be flying back from San Jose. The team now. Uh, part of it has to do with a uh, noise ban flying out of San Jose at night. Uh, but the orders, uh, plus you, you uh, lose an hour in the travel, uh, flying uh, east, <laughs> northeast. Uh, but uh, we'll, I'll be in the bird uh, tomorrow, so Brendan Ulrich will be hosting the show. One of his guests will be Craig Simpson from uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 afternoon news of Jalen and I and Andrew Gross. Or we join you tonight at 7 o'clock from the Shark Tank. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.